Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A while ago, Hazel dropped a bomb on me. You know, she told me that she was bisexual. And I will admit, I was kind of surprised by it. Is there hot girls there? Like, kind of girls that I like? Uh, yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. (sighs) They keep bringing us the content. I will say that this episode was probably not the most exciting, but I'm fucking with the vision. I'm seeing where it's going, and I'm liking the stories that they're setting up for us. I really, really am liking all of the couples that we've seen so far, and we have, like, I want to say maybe, like, four more. For the rest of the season. Mm, What a treat. Let's start off with Mike and Natalie. Um, So we start off with Mike saying, my Uncle Bo, who's actually my cousin, is moving out. So two shocking things. One shocking. I'm not shocked. (laughs) I feel like anybody who has an uncle named Bojangles is probably also your cousin in some sort of fashion I don't want to get into that that's y'all's business but here's why I don't like Mike you guys here's why I don't like Mike so last week we see Natalie and I don't want anybody to think that I'm defending Natalie either I see the look in her eyes I see the bunny boiler that's potentially within her so don't get it twisted I just feel like Mike gets such a pass for all of the things he does because he's not loud and proud about it. So here's why I'm mad at Mike this episode. Natalie told him last week, I don't feel comfortable with having Uncle Cousin Bojangles in the house. I just think it's weird. I want him out. So what Mike does this episode is he reassures and reassures and reassures Uncle Bojangles that it's only going to be a couple weeks. You'll be right back. You can stay with your brother for during that time. Like, it's no big deal. You'll be able to come right back into this, you know, um, wood-paneled room. No problem, okay? But that's not the truth. Natalie did not say, I want Mike to be gone for a few weeks and then he can come back. It was, I don't feel comfortable living with another man so I don't want him to I need him to move out and so rather than like 
Mike fucked up two times. He didn't want Bojangles to move out. And so he should have just stayed strong on that. He wasn't honest with Bojangles about the time frame. He's not coming back unless they break up. Full stop. So, like, tell the truth. Tell the truth, you know? Tell the truth. It's going to now turn into, like, oh, this is Natalie's fault. Like, you know, like, I was a good guy. I just thought this was going to be a temporary thing. Like, oh, I can't believe it. Now, you know, Natalie, that bitch, doesn't want you back in the house. And, oh, no, now what are we going to do? Bojangles is basically homeless. Like, you can't just be fucking around with him like that. Like, be honest with him, right? Be honest with the guy. So then Bojangle says, you know, like, I understand the position he's with and I've been with a lot of women and like, I understand that, you know, women can be unpredictable. So I hope it works out. And like, I don't know if like a 50 year old man with, you know, four teeth and feathered hair should be calling anybody unpredictable unless he's getting, putting himself in that category. But like, again, I can't really get too deep into Bojangles, (laughs) y'all. So... Then, okay, like, should Natalie be making demands about her living situation? Not really. Not really. I mean, because you have a homegirl and, like, you can stay there. So if you feel like any of your quality of life is going to diminish by being financially dependent on somebody else, then, like, there's your answer right there, right? Like, I don't want to rely on anybody to make my my living conditions go down. What's that? What is that, girl? <laughs> anyway, so we see Natalie with her mom. They're heading to the airport. She and her mom are very close. They've always lived together their whole lives. And Natalie's an only child. So Natalie's putting a lot on the line because she and her mom are super, super, super close. And they... To the point where it's like, you guys probably need a break, but it's also like, she, you know, Natalie's mother is not a spring chicken, you know, and she's not, you, you know, who's, who knows what could happen? You could be so far away from her. I don't know if Natalie's mom has, you know, siblings, parents, some sort of people to, to lean on, but she is ever the optimist, super hopeful and thinking that um where am I going I had a complete brain fart oh (laughs) I I just she's making a lot of sacrifices by leaving her mom in a country far far away without her um but her mom's like super hopeful that everything's gonna work out between them I don't know why but okay 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 so they get to the airport well Mike gets to the airport Natalie leaves. He's waiting for Natalie. He's got, you know, your classic eight roses that come in the vending machines. I don't think I've ever seen a a flower vending machine in an airport. And yet they're like popping up all over the country willy nilly. Maybe I need to open my eyes a little bit. So he picks up Natalie. Natalie's he physically picks her up. Because she runs into his arms when they see each other. And then she sees the, the flowers and she's like, why did you get me purple? I don't like this. They're pink. They're pink, by the way. But she she doesn't like pink or purple. It, it's hard to say. She doesn't like the flowers. We'll just we'll put it that way. Um, Natalie says, you know, like, we have a lot of issues to get through. But I think it's good, like, if we can just make the conscious decision to have a fresh start, then... I'm excited to see what may come. Um, Mike books this really nice hotel room, like very loft style, um, you know, has a good view of Seattle. I'm assuming, I don't know. All I saw was a a Ferris wheel, Um, you know, dinner, champagne, you know, so many beets, 
for Natalie to eat. And I'm not saying that because she's from the Ukraine. Literally, she had two beets and a piece of a chunk of bread on her, uh, what do you call it, plate. I, you guys, <laughs> apparently you're going to have to bear with me because I am unwell today. <laughs> Can't find the word for plate. So, it's a whole thing. I mean, that was basically it. Natalie was like, you know, I'm a little bit surprised that you're, you know, I kind of thought that maybe you wouldn't be that happy to see me. You know, I know that we're, you know, this is a time where they're kind of both acknowledging we know we're not in a good place right now, which makes me wonder, like, they mustn't be in a really bad place. Really bad. <laughs> Oof. Can't wait to see it. Let's move on to Jovi and Yara. So we left them at the airport. Jovi wanted to party that night on Bourbon Street, but Yara was like, no, you broke bitch. You made me hop on this 30 hour flight and I want to take a shower and go to bed. Period. On in the car, <laughs> on the way to the, their new apartment, Yara was like on the, on the leg between from Detroit to New Orleans, like, I've seen fat people, but these were the fattest people I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> thanks, Yara. Welcome to America. <laughs> so Jovi says, you know, before Yara came, he made a lot of life changes. He moved to a nice apartment in the nice part of New Orleans. He just wanted everything to be like really good. He said, you know, I'm a single guy. Is it decorated probably the way she would want it to be? Probably not, but for a single guy who's been living here leading up to this, I think it's fine. He's right. I mean, listen, that apartment, it's a new building, clearly. It's got all your standard shit that you would expect from, like, a, what I'm assuming is, like, a luxury building in New Orleans. You know, it, in the grand scheme of 90 Day Fiancé... This is a top 5%, maybe even a 1% living accommodations. Like, girl, you can go over to Las Vegas and move in with Colty real quick and tell me how happy you are. Go on and tell him how, tell Jovi how small the bedroom is. You can um, go, go to Thailand with Rose and take a shower out of a barrel. And then, then go on and complain, Yara. Go <laughs> keep complaining. So, as much as she was complaining about how the bedroom was too small and this or that, how she only asked for one, I just want a big window, you know, a view, whatever. Okay, I'm gonna have to give her one point in that. <laughs> um, Jovi, why did you have a broken coffee table in the middle of your living room? Like it looked like Thor. You met Thor out on Bourbon Street and he karate chopped your coffee table. Why is it still on the house? It was like literally in half. We could have maybe thrown that to the trash, the, taken that to the trash room. But other than that, it was, yeah, it was decent. He had, he, did he have, you know, plates? proper champagne glass, a champagne flute for his betrothed. No, he got them from the dollar store. But all that being said, considering I have zero faith and confidence in Jovi, it was much nicer than I expected. I expected it to be like, you know, just like beer cans everywhere, bottles of smart water that are empty, <clears throat> you know, like a two-foot bong in the corner that's got, like, you know, the water's never been changed, and it stinks. Um, you know, no quality toilet paper. That sort of, you know, two towels. One one's on the floor, and the other one's wet. <laughs> so, <laughs> all things considered, he did pretty well. So, Jovi still is looking to party. Like, they get home, they, you know, she puts her luggage down and he's like, okay, so like, you want to go out? Like, and she's like, I just told you, I don't, 
I'm not trying to party tonight. And then it turns into him like being complete. Just like I was on the plane for 30 hours. I took a sleeping pill. Like I'm trying to just take a shower and go to bed. And he starts pouting and he's like, oh, you know, I really just thought that you wanted to meet my friends tonight. And like, we would have a good time and you could see the town and like, sure, you can take a shower and go to sleep. I really thought you cared about me, but I guess you don't. (laughs) Like, what do you care about her to have like a nice quiet night in your first evening of her being in America? Did you think like... Maybe I should order dinner. Or maybe I should... I don't I don't even know. <laughs> Not like, oh, we're going to just throw your luggage in the corner and we'll pregame it. I got that Bud Light from the duffel bag from last week still. So, you know, <laughs> we could take that... We could split it, take that straight to the head, and then go out and party. Jovi, you are 29. Grow up. Grow up. Ugh. But Yara is no prize, you guys. Yara is no prize. Well, she is. She's a prize to me, okay? She's a prize to me. <laughs> so the next morning, Jovi's on his iPad, chugging on a White Claw. Couldn't get the flavor of it because it had a koozie, but White Claw flavors mean a lot to me. I think it tells a lot about a person. If I had to guess what flavor of White Claw Jovi participates in, the one that he prefers, if I had to do a lot of thinking, I would say that Jovi is a raspberry. He's a raspberry White Claw guy. He might do like a a lime if he's trying to like beef up a margarita you know what I mean like more alcohol so you just add a, a margarita or you know like he probably uses the lime as like a chaser for more vodka or tequila or just you know just like a glass of tequila ice be damned here's a lime in the corner back of my refrigerator I'm gonna use that as a, a you know an accoutrement, if you will. Um, so Yara's in the bedroom trying to unpack. And she's like, Jovi, how do you expect me to unpack? You've got all your dirty clothes. Because they've got like his and hers closets. So she's like, you've got all your stuff that's not organized. I don't have enough hangers to put my stuff in. I don't know where you expect me to put all of my stuff. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So are we going out? Can we go out now? She's like, yeah, because I don't have hangers to hang my clothes with anyway. So <laughs> let's just let's just do it. Let's just fucking rage. So they go out to Bourbon Street and they get Yara in an interview. And she's like, you know, I knew it would be different. Like New Orleans. I knew New Orleans had like a different kind of vibe to it. But I have a European mentality. And it smells like toilet out here. <laughs> She sees the horses. She's like, oh, this one's like horse shit. Like, why am I here? Why am I here? At some point, a guy flashes the peace sign at her, which I know in Europe actually means like, it's like the middle finger. So she was like horrified by that. And then she's like, you know, I just, I don't understand why people want to party out here. I, I don't get it. It's ugly. She's like, I'm from Ukraine and I know it's poor, but like, it's clean and it looks nice. So why are we here? Um, so then Jovi takes Yara aside and is like, hey, my mom wants us to come over. We're going to spend the night at the house one night. And, you know, she just wants to get to know you. Have a good time. And Yara's like, no. Why do I have to sleep with your mom? Why do I have to sleep at her house? I'm not doing that. I'm not comfortable being there. I will hang out with you. But, and I'll hang out for a few hours and talk to her and all that stuff. No problem. But I don't want to sleep there. I just don't. And Jovi's trying to tell her, like, no, this is like a Southern thing. It's like an American thing. It's not weird to spend the night at somebody's house. Like, they're trying to be welcoming to you. It's, you know, you're being kind of rude right now. And she's like, well, you know, I can go back to Ukraine. 
Because what I'm seeing now isn't any better than what I left. So I have no problem. There is no... <laughs> I, I'm not downgrading at all here. If anything, I'm downgrading being here. So I have no problem. So then they're fighting in the street about which is better, America or Ukraine. And she's like, you keep saying that Ukraine is the best or that America is the best. And you think it's just like number one country in the world. She's like, I, I have no problem going back to Ukraine. I have no problem. And so basically, I love Yara. She is giving me little snippets and shades of Anfisa. I think she has a lot of expectations. And I think she has saddled herself with a guy who's got a little bit of a belly. And a lot of bit of a substance abuse issue. So looking forward to Jovi and Yara being the next... George and Anfisa. Do you guys know that George is out of jail and expecting, expecting a child with his new girlfriend? God bless. All right, y'all, let's go to Rebecca and Z-Ed next. So we get Rebecca. She is headed to the gym with her friend, Melanie. We know Melanie because they used to work in... Melanie was uh, Rebecca's boss when they were doing private investigating. And (laughs) I don't want anybody to think that I'm like job shaming or anything like that. But I've just never heard the words like I moved on from being a private investigator full time to focus on my career in restaurant management. Is that like a thing? It it seems like a move. I won't say what kind of move it seems like, but it's a move. Okay, I'll just say that. Um, so they're at the gym. It's also worth noting that Zietta's is technically there because what do you know? Rebecca is spending how much mon- money? I need to know what her budget is on Zied and the, all the apparel <laughs> that she has with his face on it. He could sue. Could he sue for like, um, you know, like stealing a likeness? If things get things get rough, he's got a lot of evidence mounted up against Rebecca. I'm just saying that. So the shirt has three selfies of Zied in sunglasses. And he's giving you like your aunt posting pictures from her cruise in the Bahamas. Um, you know, with the caption that's like, summer breeze makes me feel fine. And there's like two spaces after fine and then one exclamation point. You know what I mean? And then a period after the exclamation point. That's what he's giving. He's giving like Mary J. Blige (laughs) 2003. (laughs) Please. Oh my gosh. So they're both doing this boxing thing. The coach is like, um who is this person on your shirt? (laughs) So then Rebecca has to explain the whole situation. It's my fiance. He's coming. He's from Tunisia. It's part of, you know, it's in the Northern region of Africa. And you know, this is the whole thing. So Melanie's like, just so you know, Mr. Boxer man, this is not the first time that Rebecca has done this. Melanie's so sick of Rebecca shit. Can't take it. And this whole episode, Rebecca is being trolled by every person she comes into contact with. Every single one. And I know, like, a couple of these were, like, probably even all of them were, like, production um, assisted or, you know, suggested. But it doesn't make it any less funny to see her try to, like, navigate through this, like, awkward terrain of trying to explain that... (sighs) This is my man. He's coming. He's half my age. But I also had another man in my past who's even younger who I brought to America. And so Melanie's like, yeah, don't get it twisted. I still remember the other one. And I'm going to make him. I'm going to make you remember him at every turn. So they sit down. And Melanie's like, listen, I just want you to know. I want you to be happy, but I Think that you're way too caught up in Zied. And remember, I did a a search on him when we were working together. And he had no work history listed. So have you asked him about this? Because why does he not have any sort of work history? (laughs) 
why how does that happen how does it happen that you get to be 28 and there's not a single shred of evidence you have ever worked in your life so Rebecca's like he does have jobs but basically he gets paid under the table so there's no like you know there's no evidence that he's had like a formal job and then Rebecca says you know I'm a little bit worried that I will get screwed over and I'm in a bit of financial um, dire straits dire financial straits because of my first husband Um, but I'm gonna trust the Ed because basically this is my last shot at love and if I'm wrong, I'm never going to find love again. So I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> so fresh out the fire pan, frying pan and straight into the fire. Rebecca, you were. F- okay. Okay. I'm not, I'm not even going to go there. Cause Rebecca really upsets me y'all. And I know that like a lot of people like her and she is a likable woman. She seems like she would be very pleasant. And she would go through the menu with me about, should I get the the chicken and waffles? Should I get the tenders and waffles? And, like, you guys are probably laughing and saying, like, oh, what a shitty thing to say. But, like, I take chicken very seriously. So, like, to entrust my flavor palette with, you know, you don't just trust any white women with their opinions on chicken. Right? So, like, by me saying this is actually quite the compliment. Like, I do like Rebecca. I do trust her. But I I, I don't trust her. I don't trust her decision making. And I don't understand how we got here. Because Rebecca's, like, cute. She's, like, a cute woman. She's one of those ladies that's got, you know, she's got those cheeks. And she's, like, a good-looking lady. She could find so many guys at like a biker bar or uh, like a Walmart. I, I don't really know. She could find a plant, like a very nice man, you know, a, a dentist. She could get a dentist. No problem. They make great money and they have job histories and you probably wouldn't have to like prove your love by putting his face on every goddamn piece of furniture the blankets the t-shirt the mug girl ma'am ma'am (laughs) ma'am ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So then we get the next scene. She's going to what looks like a use like a GameStop or something like that, right? So she's like, you know, Zia's coming in a few weeks and I just want to do this one thing for him to make him feel more comfortable. So she goes into this game shop and she's like, oh, you know, I'm talking to the employees. I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't bought a console since my, you know, my kid was, my son was a teenager and he's 25 now. And so the employee's like, oh, okay, so what do you think he'd be into? Because why would you bring up your son if you weren't buying something for your son? And so Rebecca makes it very awkward and is like, oh, well, actually, it's not for my son. It's for my fiance. And, but they just happen to be, like, around the same age. <laughs> and so I think her name was Jessie. The employee was like, oh, so if your son's 25, if you don't mind me asking, how old is your fiance? And she's like, well... Um, he's 28. <laughs> Jesse's like, well, I can work with that. I can do it. So then they get her in an interview and she's like, you know, I actually think it's really sweet that she would buy something for him. But I just wonder what her son thinks about being so close in age to his new soon to be stepfather. <laughs> Great question, Jesse. The world would love to know. So she, Rebecca, See, this is where I'm like, Rebecca. Rebecca says that she bought, she's buying the gaming console because Zied told her that he wouldn't be able to work until after they get married and they have to go through the process and, you know, so he can get, like, a work permit. And so he's going to be so bored all day. Please, Mommy, can you buy me a PS... Okay? Two... Y'all know I don't know this. Buy me a PlayStation so that I have a way to spend my time. Now, just imagine a 49-year-old version of yourself. And your 21-year 20, younger boyfriend says, I'm not going to have a job, so can you buy me a PlayStation so I'm not bored? What is Zed going to do? Because if you don't have any sort of work history and all of your work history is like you, you know, doing jobs under the table, these odd jobs, like what, how does he expect to get a job here? She better keep an opening over at Jean's Chicken, Hot Chicken or whatever it's called. Because what is he going to do? What is he going to do? Anyway. She goes to the checkout counter. She gets a PlayStation and a couple little games for her sweet um, husband, boyfriend, son. And (laughs) there was a separate guy who checked checked her out. So she hands the debit card and he's like, oh, um, whose face is on this card? Y'all, if it wasn't Zed's Ranger Rick fucking face, like, on the debit card, did he have to be on the debit card? Because, <laughs> girl, what if he, what if he really goes rogue and is like, I'm just going to steal this shit and who's going to question me because my name's on this fucking debit card? Right? <laughs> Good lord. So Rebecca's like standing there waiting to check out, looking very embarrassed. And she's like, you know, I'm used to having these sorts of conversations. But I just don't have those conversations with Zied. She's like, I'm used to being, you know, having to explain the awkward stuff. But it's not so awkward in my relationship. And it's like, well, yeah, because all he says to you is, I want to kiss you so much. You're so sexy. You're so beautiful. So all he does is give you compliments, girl. Like, what is there? Okay. See? 
<sighs> okay. So then later, Rebecca's laying in bed. It's two o'clock in the morning, but it's, you know, whatever time in Tunisia, it's the time for Ziad to go through the official interview so the K-1 can get approved. So she wakes up a couple hours later, gets a phone call or FaceTime call from Ziad. And I don't know why this fucking cracked me up because I think it's something my I've only ever heard my mom say. So he wakes her up with a FaceTime. She's got the bedside, you know, like the table lamp on her bedside table. And she says, wait, I can't see. Can you turn the big light on? Do people say... I really thought this was like a Sarah Berry exclusive. I can't see. Let me turn the big light on. (laughs) Maybe this is for women in Georgia of a certain age. They need the big light so they can see. So anyway, Ziad says that basically he went through the interview. He, they asked him for his passport. They took the passport and told him it's going to be another week until we find out until, and until you can get your passport back. So no definitive answer. Who knows what'll happen? Okay, let's move on to Tariq and Hazel. Another couple that I think is going to be one of my favorites this season. I'm excited to see Hazel, like, full-out horny Hazel. (laughs) So, we're introduced, reintroduced, rather, to Tariq, because he was not in the first episode. First reintroduction to Tariq is of him in in the studio dropping beats. Uh, lyrics talking about having a booty like hot sauce and something about putting your ghost pepper in it. Something, honestly, I couldn't get into it. I'm not letting a 46-year-old man in a khaki cargo short try to convince me that he's a good rapper. I, I, I can't do that. So, Hazel's from the Philippines. Teresa's talking about how much he loves travel how much he loved Thailand and visiting Thailand. We're um, treated, if you want to call it that, to a shirt that he has of the map of several Asian countries. Um, He whips out his sword that he got from a trip there. And he's talking about how he's been to Thailand so much that he learned the language. Something that I think we have never heard anybody on 90 90 Day Fiance say. I actually went to the country. I loved it. I actually put forth the effort to learn the language of the people that live there. Wow. Wow. Wow, you guys. A breakthrough. And I hope we're all giving two claps to Tariq for actually learning another language and getting to know the culture that you claim that you love so much in a proper way. Big up to you, Tariq. Big up to you. So, you know, we get clips from when he and Hazel were on their first season and he's talking about how, like, Hazel was so hot that she's like the Asian Angelina Jolie. And, you know, when he saw her, he was just so in awe by her beauty and um, how family is important to both of them. So he made the effort toward meeting her uh, her son and visiting her family. It's like when I saw the living conditions of her family, I was just like, it motivated me to want to take care of her financially. Now this is where I'm like, Ooh. because Tariq has a history of dating Asian women. And... I just feel like it might be like fetish light to see the way somebody's living and being like, I have to take care of you. Is that wrong? Is that wrong to say? Like something about it just doesn't sit well with me. I I don't know. It made me feel a little bit strange. So like I said, Harry Hazel's son lives with his father. He will not be joining Hazel on this trip. They're hoping to get him to come to America eventually. Tariq also has a daughter named Ari. She's seven. She has, you know, a high-functioning level of autism. So Tariq is like, it is paramount that 
Ari and Hazel get along. Honestly, it's probably the most important relationship out of all of these that I'm like the most concerned about. Um, so they're FaceTime each other and Hazel's like, oh, I'm so sad to leave Harry. Like it's really hitting me. But also where the hoes at? You got some big booty bitches for me. So <laughs> Tariq says, you know, I didn't, he didn't know that Hazel was by until fairly recently. But he's like, as soon as she told me, she came out, she was like, out the gate, let's do this. I'm really attracted. I want to go full steam ahead on finding a girlfriend for the both of us. Tariq is concerned. He's like, I, we're not even married yet. Like, we haven't even solidified your our relationship. And I'm just a little bit worried about, like, how concerned you are <laughs> about finding a girlfriend. I just, I'm wondering where your priorities are. I think it's a fair question. <laughs> it doesn't even matter that it's a woman. It's the fact that she is, like, so focused on an, an additional relationship when the one that she's got <laughs> is a little bit, it, there's a lot of work that's going to have to be happening. They get along and stuff, but you know, it's a big change. You're moving to a whole different country. You're marrying somebody. You're meeting and living with uh, his child because he's got primary custody and Ari's with him five days a week. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe month three or four, we can work in, you know, finding a lady for you, for both of us. Okay. Um, so, but also this is things that like Tariq should tell her, like if you're polyamory, great. Love that for everybody. But also like, isn't it paramount if you're going to open up your relationship to other people that you guys communicate? And if he is concerned that she's so focused on finding another woman and not so much their relationship, then he should, he should say that he should be able to say that to her. So then we find out there's so much more drama happening between Hazel and Tariq. She's coming in a few weeks. Tariq is meeting up with his friend Kia, who he's known for 10 years. Is it always, I feel like every time we see this like friend of, the woman friend of of the man who's been in his life for however many years and she's always pretty. <laughs> and you always just wonder, why didn't they get together? Why is she investing her time trying to make him a better man you know what this just feels like a waste so anyway they go out for breakfast and Kia tells production like I've known this dude for 10 years I've never seen him with another woman outside of Ari Ari's mom so she wants to know what's going on Hazel and Tariq at this point have been together for two and a half years Something happened, I think he said like a year and a half ago, something along those lines, where Hazel told Tarek that she was pregnant. And she took three tests. The first one was positive. The other two were negative. But the first one was taken a week prior to the other two negative ones. So Tariq feels like more than likely what happened is that she had an abortion. Tariq very open again, says a woman can do whatever she wants with her body. She can choose. But I feel like, you know, if we were engaged, I would have at least liked her to tell me that you're doing it. I don't have to make a decision about whether or not you're going to do it, but just give me a heads up that it's happening. Um, so then he, okay. So they broke up. He felt like he couldn't trust her. And he dumped her very quickly. He finds another Asian woman to start talking to. Her name is Minty. M I N T Y. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So... He said, you know, I never really fell in love with Minty, but I really fell in like with her. Um, But it got to the point where I was like feeling guilty about dumping Hazel. So I told Minty, I just need to talk to Hazel. We need to like be, you know, have closure with one another at least. So he talks to Hazel and she says, I went to the clinic after all that stuff, and they just told me that my period was late. Well, I didn't have an abortion, nothing like that. So you flipped out for basically no reason. And then they kind of like got together. Well, they got on a better footing, right? So then Tariq tells her, you know, just so you know, I was talking to this woman named Minty, and she was like, Who is she? Show me pictures. Oh, she's cute. I want her too. So let's just do this whole thing as a three. A three. Okay. So he's like, okay. Okay. So then he goes to the Philippines. Minty. Minty's on one side. Hazel's on the other. Kia's like, okay, so how did that go? And he was like, well, for the first two and a half days, it was great. And then Hazel felt like Minty was more into me than her. So she was like, homegirl's got to go. Minty got the boot. (laughs) Hazel said, don't talk to her anymore. I don't want you to have anything to do with her. You guys are broken up. We're done. Minty, out. So... Then he was like, well, I just have this thing on my shoulders because I actually had reached out to Minty, even though I told Hazel that I wouldn't. He was like, well, I just wanted to reach out to her about, like, Corona and make sure she was okay. (laughs) And then I I went to bed, and then when I woke up the next morning, there were, like, 10 text messages from Minty. So now I don't know what to do because I haven't told Hazel, and I don't want to tell Hazel before she gets here because what if something changes and a classic another 90 day fiance trope is like these men are so afraid uh, that these women are going to change their mind that they just basically lie to them until they're in a space where they can't go back and they're in too deep Tarek you can't do that I want to root for you Tarek (laughs) please don't do this don't do it he's like well I'll probably just tell her the first day she gets here like great nothing more a woman wants to hear. So Kia's like breaking it down for him. And she was like, you know that Hazel, that you probably need to tell her now because you know that Hazel's not going to respond well. (laughs) Like, you know, she's not going to respond well to you checking up on a woman that she told you to stop talking to. You started talking to this woman after you dumped Hazel for having a pregnancy scare. So how do you think she's going to react to you to finding out that you're talking to her again? And Tariq's like, oh, well, damn, when you put it like that, she's like, there's no other way to put it. That's the truth. (laughs) He's like, well, I just don't want to mess anything up before she comes. Like, well, you already did. So just tell her. Just tell her, Tariq. Just tell her. Let's finish up with Brandon and Julia. So, oh Lord, Brandon, Betty, and Ron are in the car. 
going to pick up Julia. Betty is so fucking excited. She is hype, y'all. She is squealing. Like, she's also in love with Julia. She's doing all these, like, nervous motions, like, tapping her arm, tapping her hand against her hip, and, like, oh, I can't wait till she gets here. Like, I'm so excited. The minutes are going down to seconds. Like, it's all happening. I can't believe it. Countdown to Julia Town, as if you guys are about to go in the bathroom and scissor. Like, she's not your fiancé. Calm down, Betty. You were just saying that you were scared of her in the car and that you were scared of her popping off and now you're damn near in tears. Like, this is like a fucking move that bus moment. Like, you're just about to find out the new house that you got redecorated. Chill out, Betty. (laughs) Betty is on several. Julia finally comes out. Thank God. Who knows? Betty would have gone into some sort of shock if if it had been a couple minutes more. They're, you know, meeting at the baggage claim outside of the Starbucks. There's so much kissing happening. Like, a lot of kissing. Like, a lot of kissing between Brandon and Julia. Enough kissing so that the cameras could move to one side of Julia and have the cinematography of seeing Brandon's parents cheek to cheek watching Brandon and Julia make out with one another smiles on their faces now this is a couple that doesn't want julia to share a bedroom with brandon because they feel like it's not prop pop uh proper and yet they're getting this peep show for free maybe that's why maybe the real reason why because <laughs> betty's like let's see if something can happen you know let's just get this te- sexual tension rolling around in the house I'm going to separate you guys and just see how hot this kitchen gets. This is really gross. You guys. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, I think Betty is sexually attracted to Brandon and Julia. This is a Hazel, Minty, uh, Tariq situation. And Betty's a Hazel. Betty's a Hazel. So what? <sighs> okay, so... Julia's like, you know, I can't believe I'm here in America and everybody I look at and they're Americans and I'm just like, hi, oh, I can't wait to get my green card and stay here, (laughs) which she did say was a joke. I love it when the foreigners come to America and make jokes about um, the green card because it actually, there have been very few instances for all of the occasions in which people have been nervous about like the foreigners coming to America strictly because they want a green card. I try not to subscribe to that. It's not that I try not to. I don't subscribe to it. I think out of the people that we've seen on the show, only a handful, I would say, were genuinely only interested in getting a green card. Out of the several dozen that we've seen at this point. So I like it when they make jokes about it because I just like that they're like aware... And I like that they just feel, they feel like I'm just going to make a joke out of it. And instead of like being overly sensitive about the situation, because that's what I would do. I'd be like, oh, I can't wait. I'm so happy to be here in your country and I'm going to stay here forever. And that's the only reason why I came, why I entered into this relationship. Like I would be making jokes like that because that shit's funny to me. That shit's funny. Anyway, so... Then they ask, they're still in the airport at this point, and production asks Brandon, Brandon, which woman is the more, most important one in your life? And they're all standing there like, <laughs> and Betty's not really giving him an out here by saying, oh, well, his fiance's here. Like, of course that's his number one. Brandon starts speaking Russian, I think, or Ukrainian, and is like, I don't know. I can't speak English. I don't speak English. I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Um, So then they get to the hotel. Betty, still very hyped. She's like, we have dinner reservations. So you guys only have like a few minutes to, you know, freshen up, get settled. Julia's like, can I have like five or 10 minutes? And she's like, you can. You can have five, and then we have to go to dinner. Why was she making such a big deal about this dinner when literally it was just the lobby restaurant? (laughs) Like, y'all are eating, like, french fries that have been in a 
a frozen bag for how many months until they're like, oh, somebody actually wants to eat here? Like, this isn't like a four seasons where people actually like go to the restaurant even if they're not staying there. This is like a Hampton Inn. And you're going to get some like, you know, a, a dry, flaky chicken finger, a burger, a club, a club sandwich. There's a lot of triple-decker sandwiches happening on this menu. <laughs> Certainly nothing that we needed to rush down to the, the bottom of the, to the, the ground floor for, Betty. Chill out. <laughs> so, they're eating... Julia's like, damn, I'm actually, like, super tired. I don't really want to go down there, but I will. They're a couple minutes late. Julia's half a glass of wine in, and we're ready to party. So, excuse me, not Julia, Betty. Betty's half a glass of wine in. So, she decides to spill the beans, because Brandon has not told Julia that he, that they're going to be in separate bedrooms. So Betty's like, oh, um, just so you know, are you excited about sleeping in your other room by yourself? Because that's where you're sleeping. You're not sleeping with my son. Not my son. Not doing that. And I, you know, I don't care if you guys get married. Once you guys get married, that's no problem. But like for now, you know, we're not doing that. And Julia's like, okay, well, I guess we'll get married tomorrow then. I guess we'll just do that. And then, then Betty brings up. The birth control and how Julia says she didn't want to take birth control. And so Betty is like, so do you guys want to have kids now? And Julia's like, no, I think maybe like in a couple years. And she's like, wow, that's interesting because I just found out that you're not taking any birth control. And Julia's like, well, I kind of feel like that's on Brandon. Which to me means... She said, I don't want to be taking any medication, but I have no problem with you wearing a condom, Brandon. And Brandon said no. So, I know that, no, they didn't ask. Production asked Brandon why he wasn't wearing a condom. Where where were Betty and Ron to ask, why aren't you wearing a condom, son? But no, they skipped right over that and started calling Brandon's pediatrician that he probably still goes to. And they want to talk about options. And Julia's like, excuse me, bitch? Like, I wouldn't have this conversation with my own parents. I don't know why I'm having it now. I'm very uncomfortable. And honestly, I kind of feel like I'm going to explode because this is really inappropriate. I do not want to be talking about sex with my future in-laws. I don't want to do it. Brandon, not saying anything. Not saying a goddamn word. So they have to ask him in a talking head, Brandon, why didn't your bitch ass say anything? And he's like, well, I just felt like regardless of what I said, somebody was going to get mad. So I just decided not to do, just say anything. Oh, good, good, good. Great, Brandon. This is going to be really great for your um, impending marriage and the fact that you're still umbilically um, attached to your mother. This is going to be great. That you don't want to have any opinion at all. <sighs> Did I tell you guys that that room that Betty paid for to enable to, in order to like finagle her way into this trip, she got them connecting rooms. See, and now this is why I'm saying I have no issue saying that like she wants to fuck her son and his girl because. She says, you know, like, I don't want you guys sharing a room, but I'm fine with you guys sharing a room if it's in a hotel. I don't have children. But I can tell you right now <laughs> that if in some same strange set of circumstances, my mom got a hotel and me for me and whatever dude I conned into dating me at the moment... And I found out that we had connecting adjoining rooms where all you have to do is just flip that those double doors and you're, you know, cuddled up next to Betty and Ron. Hell no. It's their first night. You don't think they're going to be fucking? And you don't think that you're going to hear that? Those Hampton Wall, Hampton Inn walls are only so thick. 
And so, Betty, I just have a couple questions for you. First of it being why. And the second one being why. So, Julia, they're done with dinner. And Julia's, like, pissed. She's like, why did you not tell me about the separate bedrooms? Why did you not? Why do your parents think that this is okay? To talk to me about sex. Why? Why is any of this happening? So Julia's like, well, do you think, Brandon, maybe we should just move? Because we're at the point now where it's like, we're not getting married for another three months. You're going to be working. You're going to be spending all day working. I'm going to be sitting in that room by myself. You're going to come home from work. And you're going to go straight to your bedroom and we're never going to see each other. And Brandon's like, well, would it make a difference if I was like, if we were sharing a room? She's like, yeah, it would. (laughs) It really would. But she's like, you know what? Actually, don't worry about it and tell your mom. She didn't say this, but she should have. Tell your mom that they don't have to worry about me getting pregnant tonight because we're not having sex. (laughs) And so Brandon's left alone on that queen pillow top mattress, legs akimbo, jeans zipped up. And that was the end of this week's episode of 90 Day Fiance. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking.